This is The Checkpoint, supported by Adidas Terex, and we are Black Trail Runners. Black Trail Runners is a community and campaigning charity seeking to improve inclusion, participation, and representation of Black people in trail running. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Strava by searching Black Trail Runners, on Twitter at Runners Black, or via our website, blacktrailrunners.run. And you can sign up for our trail race event, Black to the Trails, at blacktothetrails.co.uk. If something in this episode resonates with you, why not share it with us online or leave a review on the streaming platform you use as it helps our podcast to grow. Thank you for downloading this episode. Now, let's head to the conversation. Sabrina, hi, how are you doing? I'm good, thanks. It's Friday. It's Black Trail Runners second birthday today. Anyone listening? We're recording on our second birthday. How auspicious is that for this podcast recording? Very, very. It's very exciting. I feel like we should be having cake or something. Yeah, I do too. But I just feel as though I've been eating too much cake. Can you eat too much cake? I don't know. No, there's no such thing as too much cake. Neil, have you heard? Sorry, my husband's listening in the background. Neil, have you heard that there's no such thing as too much cake? He's like, there is such a thing as too much cake. (laughs) (laughs) Rachel, how have you been? What have you been up to? Um, What have I been up to? That's a very good question. Uh, I've been running, funnily enough. Um, I have been kind of figuring out what I want to do, I think, for the rest of the year in terms of races. Yeah. Um, if I do, if I want to do any more races. Um, and yeah, I decided to sign up. Actually, um, I think it was an Instagram story that you put up, Sabrina. Uh, I am going to do the Camino Ultra 50 k in, I want to say, I want to say October. October. Yeah. Is, is October? Yeah. Oh, I'm so glad. And it's, I mean, it's Epping Forest, which is not far from me. So I feel like yeah. I don't have an excuse not to do it. Um, so yeah, looking forward to that and, uh, going away next week and potentially doing a little, little half marathon race while I'm there. So we'll see. I haven't figured out if I've actually signed up for it yet or not. The website's only in Italian. That's really exciting about Camino. So Camino, for those that don't know, Camino are a event organizer. I call them that. I might be getting the description wrong. I'm sorry, Camino, if I have but they support black trail runners and have done for a while um, and have been prominent in our trail taster days. Um, And yeah, if, if organizations support us, we like to support them. And I was exactly the same as you, Rachel, after the spine, I was like, where do, what do I want to do with my life? And um, I knew that I didn't want to get into a massively long training cycle or even a training cycle that would be really, really, really hard. Um, (laughs) I mean, that's fair enough. I feel like you've just, uh, you just did the spine, which we're going to talk about. Um, So you've kind of done that already this year. But yeah, I think there's this, this, this real sense within some running circles that you've got to jump from one training cycle to another to another and I was like no I want to do something with Camino I saw that they were doing a 50k in October I was like I've never run around Epping Forest so it was ticking just a lot of boxes for me um so I'm yeah I'm excited 
to do that. I'm more excited now I know that you're doing it. And I think there's there's a few Black Trail Runners members that have signed up to it. So it'll be fun. It'll be a fun race to do in October. Yeah, I'm excited. No, I'm excited. We'll put a link to it. For anyone that's interested, we will put a link to it in the show notes as well. If you want to come join us on the day, um, <laughs> then then you'll be able to do that. Um, what about you? What have you been up to? What have I been up to? Well, I've been recovering hard. Um, uh, this is gross, but I've lost a couple of toenails, but there you go. Like the body is... <laughs> Yeah, the body is rejecting things. So it rejected two of my little toenails the other night. I feel like if you've only lost two, then you're doing pretty well. I think I probably am. My feet don't look too bad, but they are shedding skin. So actually, as we're talking now, I've just had an Amazon delivery of a foot cream called Flexitol which has been recommended to me by not, a physiotherapist. Not, not, we're not sponsoring the podcast. No, who, they are not. They are not. But it was recommended to me by a physiotherapist who works with podiatrists. And apparently this is going to make my make my little toes all lovely and soft again, rather than the crusty mess they are at the moment. So sorry, I know feet for some people is a real ick thing. And I, I would hate for you to feel icky about me, but... um. Just felt as though I needed to share that as part of my weekly update. Yeah, I've just been, I'm still in recovery mode. My feet are still, my some of my toes are still numb. Until they unnumb, I will still be in recovery mode. So I've just taken it easy, you know, taking it easy. Uh, there's been a lot of work to do with Black Trail Runners, as you know, Rachel, because you've been incremental in doing that work too. This week, we've had a lot of big announcements. One of those being Strava, being our presenting partner for Black to the Trails, and there's a lot of work for those of you that don't know out there. I mean, I think a fair few of you will, but you know, these when we make these things happen, it doesn't just happen. There's a lot of work that goes on in the background. So that's been taking up our time, hasn't it? But it's all good stuff. It's out there it has, now. It has. People are joining the challenges. People, um, yeah, you know, Black to the Trails, when this comes out, this podcast comes out, it will be out there. But Black to the Trails is sold out, people. You cannot get a 1K place, a 5K place, a 10K place. I'm so sorry. I'm sorry if you weren't quick off the mark enough. I apologize. But you can still get involved in the virtual 5K that is going to take place on the day. And you sign up to that via Strava. Um, so you can still be there with us yes, virtually and we'll doing it. And we'll include it in the show notes. And remember, you can still volunteer. So we're still looking for volunteers. So if you want to be part of it, at the moment as we record, we're still looking for volunteers. So when this goes out, we may have enough volunteers. Can you ever have too many volunteers? I don't know. I'm not sure about that. It's like cake. I feel like cake cake and volunteers are the same. You can never have too many. You can never have too many. You can never have too many volunteers. You can never have too much cake. And, you know, even if you're not volunteering and you're not running, there's nothing to stop you still coming along and, like, cheer squadding it. Just keep an eye out on the Black Trail Runners social media for what you can and can't get involved if. If we need volunteers, we'll let you know. If you can just come along generally and listen to the music and be part of the cheer squad, we'll let you know. But we're excited about it, aren't we? Yeah, we are. I mean, it's coming around fast, actually, isn't it? When we first started talking about this, was it this time last year maybe a little bit later and it, it, every week that passes it's like oh my gosh yeah, yeah. There's, yeah there's still a lot to do but it's all it's all it's all good stuff we're getting there yeah 
Thinking about trail running though, um, and I know that we put this, um, we put a question out to um, the community, but um, if you were a new person coming to Black to the Trails and you'd never trail run before, what what is something, what are the things that you wish you'd been told when you started trail running that you weren't, that you would pass on now? This is good. You know, I was thinking about this and I don't want this to sound negative because it's not meant to at all. Um, I, at least I, I find it quite uh, liberating. A lot of um, people, I think, feel a bit nervous and whether if, when they do a race or if it's their first race or their first event of any yeah. kind. And um, I think the piece of advice that I would most like people to go away with is that it doesn't actually matter. Like it, the running doesn't in itself, the running of 5K or whatever doesn't really have any inherent meaning. It only has a meaning that you ascribe to it. Yeah. So I think that kind of takes a bit of the pressure off because we're, you know, especially when you're just starting out, I think you're so worried and nervous about what it says about you, you know, if you don't do this and this run in a certain time or if you don't finish or, you know, whatever your thing may be, or if, you know, if you're sweating, other people aren't sweating, what, like whatever your thing is, I think we put so much um, pressure on ourselves. And I think sometimes it's quite helpful just to step back and go, actually, none of this actually matters. We, we're doing, we do this because we enjoy it, but, and it doesn't have to be anything more than that. Yeah. Yeah. I totally ascribe to that. I think that the pressure that we put on ourselves across the board, whether it's running, trail running, whether it's, um, whether it's general life stuff. Um, I think sometimes you have to kind of step back and look at the bigger picture, you know, and the bigger picture when it comes to trail running is that being in nature is healing. It's a healing environment you know, whether you are doing a six minute mile or a 16 minute mile or a 26 minute mile, the act of being outdoors is one of self-care. And I think that it's really, really easy to become engrossed in, I got a lot, I got to knock off this mile in this time. I got to I got to run all of this. Otherwise, what's the point in being here? So I think one of the things from my point of view that I wish I knew when I started was, was that it is okay to walk. Walking, oh my gosh, yeah. walking, hiking is part of trail running. You know, give me a trail. I mean, you could give me a lot of trails if they were flat, but some of the most beautiful trails that I've been on, like you can't run it all. Like you have to walk. You know, we spoke about this, didn't we, in the last how-to about, you know, tackling hills. Like I wish someone would have told me that when I first started because there was, an, there was a part of me that felt as though I wasn't doing it right because I couldn't run it all. And that's that's BS because actually part of trail running is – efficient efficient use of your body like and sometimes that is walking sometimes that is fast hiking sometimes that is really really slow running sometimes it's fast running you know that's the beauty of it though I wish someone would have told me that at the beginning that Sprina it's all right it's all right to walk like it doesn't make you any less of a runner yeah and I think yeah building off of that I think also specifically with trail running a lot of people don't start trail with trail running they come from road running yeah 
and I think there's this um there's this idea that you have to match your road pace when you start trail running so say you're a you know you do a 10 minute mile on a road as an example mm. you come onto a trail and you know you might have some hills you might have some routes that you have to maneuver over you, you know you might be running through mud your time is is going to change the conditions are very different um on trail than they are on road and trying to run your 10 minute mile because that's how you know that's your pace you're just going to drive yourself mad so I think yeah I, I wish again that someone had told me that that when I was thinking oh I can just do a you know a four-hour marathon on trail because that was what I did on a road and then I was disappointed when I could see the time ticking by and I think it's 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 that thing of you know managing your own expectations and realizing that they are two very different events yeah. they're two they're two different things yeah, you're absolutely right. I think in one of the articles that I wrote that that might be out now, people in Country Farm Magazine, how to how to trail run. <laughs> anyway, anyway, a um, little plug there. Um, I think I talk about that in particular, and and that actually, if you have come from a road running background, for the first couple of trail runs, or certainly for the that initial period in trail running, it might be worth just ditching the watch. And really, really, really listening in and tuning into your body because you will probably find that your heart rate is a little bit higher or certainly jumps higher because of the terrain that you've got to navigate. And not only the terrain that you've not got to navigate, but the thought process, you know, the brain is a muscle. The thought processes that you've got to employ in trail running are different to those in road running. And that takes energy and it takes, and and biologically it changes the game in terms of physiology and mental, mental work as well. So I yeah I do I say to people like you know if you're going to trails like put the garment take off the garment or the corots or the apple watch or whatever it is that you use that you have used in order to see if you're hitting those markers because you we need to get your body or my experience is that you need to get comfortable being uncomfortable in trail running it's not the same as road running and that's the beauty of it is a, is a discipline in its own right. Treat it as that rather than, oh, well, I've been a really great road runner or I've really enjoyed road running. There's this talk about trail running. I'm going to try that. And I know that my average pace on a run, whether it's a tempo, whether it's intervals, whether it's a long run, is this on the road. If you go into it with that mindset, you're probably going to be really disappointed. So get rid of the disappointment and just ditch the watch and tune in to the body because the body will never barely ever <laughs> let you down <laughs> she says as she as she's losing two toenails yeah this is true I just had to really <laughs> think about that then yeah well yeah I think yeah that's that's totally right and I think mindset is just a huge part of trail running as it is of you know road running but I think specifically on trails just because generally I mean most people don't run you know 100 milers in general but they definitely don't run them on the roads they're running them on the trails Mm -hmm. and I think that thing of you know taking on challenges that you've never done before be it a you know a 1k a 5k or whatever Mm -hmm. running on trails is so different because you know you are coming up against things which you may not normally experience you know running up hills you know climbing over fallen trees yeah um all that all that kind of stuff it 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 just makes it a very a very different endeavor and I think your 
the way you think about it and your your kind of your mindset going into it has to be has to be really strong and I wanted to ask you about the Sabrina because how how many weeks are we post-spine now? Um, I finished it on the 25th of June so we're just over a just over a month just over a month okay yeah. so a month after having having traveled 268 miles is yeah. it along the yeah. Pennine Way yeah um and I know that distance sound I mean it, that distance is mad obviously and it will probably sound even more mad to people who haven't done any kind of ultra running but I think a lot of the lessons that you've learned and maybe some of the tactics that you've employed during the spine are mm. um are relatable no mm. matter what distance you run mm. so um first of all before 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 we get into the mindset during the race I was just going to ask going into it what your what your expectations were because this was going to be this is your a race it's a big yeah it's a big challenge for you what 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 was your expectation going into it so I'm very a goal orientated uh runner so I and I always have like an a b and c goal and I think it doesn't matter I had that goal even when I was training for 5k like it 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 that that goal orientation that ensuring that in my mind I'm like well you know if I'm having a really good day this is what the a plan looks like if something changes this is the b plan if something changes this is the c plan for me that's really important and it's a part of that mindset training because going into an event even if it's even if it's 1k you know or even if it's a mile effort like you can still create that you can still create your a b and c goal so for me the a goal was to complete it, to complete it, to kiss the wall in Kirk Yetton. The B goal was to complete it in a specific amount of days. Mm-hmm. Um, and the C goal was, I think the C goal was just not to die, to be honest. <laughs> the C goal was not to die. Maybe, or maybe I got those the wrong way around. Maybe the C goal was don't, maybe the A goal was don't die. Maybe the B goal was do it in a certain <laughs> amount of days and then the C goal was to complete it. Whatever way I had goals in my head as to what I wanted. And um, no, actually, I'll tell you what, I, I'm going to, I'm going to skip that because the A goal was to complete it in a certain amount of days. The B goal was to complete it in no matter how many days. The C goal was not to die. Very, very quickly. Um, so that was that was that was the that was the plan. That was the mental plan before I before I stood on the start line. And I mean, yeah, just to complete it, I think is a really good goal to have for any race again be it a, you know a 1k 5k 10k like it does you don't have to set these like crazy lofty goals of no. you know I need to win the race or you know I need to be on the podium or whatever like it can just be as simple as getting to the finish yeah. line however that looks yeah and that was that was like when I was training for my first 5k that was that was like everything to me because I never believed in 2009 that I could run 5k I run and and for me like continually run on a road a 5k because that in those days it was like that was to be able to do that 
was just so beyond my wildest dreams as a, you know, overweight kind of mum of four who'd never had any experience running. And I think the important thing I wanted to say here is that some of the things, a lot of the things that I felt doing the spine race, those feelings and how deep I had to dig, a lot of those feelings were exactly the same as how I had to dig mentally deep when I was training for my first 5k or when I went from 5k to 10k or when I it's it really is relative and it really the, the mental strategies that you have to employ although of course 268 miles it's different it's mad it's mad it's is mad. what it is Sabrina. it's madness but 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 the feeling that I felt, which I describe in the book, in my book, Black Sheep, out now. Um, <laughs> sorry, I can't help it. I can't help it. I can't help it. But the, she's the, a pro. She's a pro. But the, but the the strategy, the thought process. How do you keep yourself going when your body and m- your body is saying stop? I had those feelings training for 5K and I have those feelings even now if I'm doing a 5K time trial. Oh my God, I hate 5K I time hate trials. them and my body, I was explaining it to someone the other day, when I'm doing a 5K time trial, which a lot of coaches kind of want you to run 5K as fast as you can so that they can work out training paces and all of that stuff. When I'm doing that, that pain that feeling of wanting to be sick, that my mind saying, just stop now, stop now. And having to push that through, those feelings are the same of having to push yourself on when you've done 150 miles and you know that you've got 130 left. It's the same thought process that you have to push through. So please, if you're listening to this, don't think I can't employ those strategies because I'm only, I'm going from couch to 5K. You absolutely can and you absolutely should because you will come across these barriers too. Yeah, 100%. I think it's not about the distance, is it? Um, it, it the, I guess the only difference is how many times you have That's to employ it. those strategies, That's right? It. You just keep doing, you kind of keep on keeping on. And yeah. which which means that I guess sometimes you may have to switch strategies because yeah. what might have worked at doesn't the beginning work. may doesn't work. So I mean, you asked a few of your own questions there, but let's let's kind of in the spirit of talking about mindset, let's talk about when it when it got hard. You use the phrase "dig deep," mm. what it feels like to dig deep. Mm. So what does that what does that what does that mean? What does that feel like? What's what what happens when you dig deep? I think for me and other people that I've listened to, when you're at the point which I was at in the spine race where it's the 30th time of the day that you've cried and and it's not just a, it's not just a couple of tears, it's a full-on dramatic howl of crying because every part of you, your feet being the worst for me, are in pain. Every step is painful. And there's a voice in your head that says, you don't have to do this. You don't have to be here. It's that, and and she says it like that. You don't have to do this. 
you don't have to be here. And then there's another voice on your shoulder and it's, it's a silent, but a very strong voice for me. That's like, it's time to dig deep. It's time to open up that box inside you, Sabrina, which I do want to talk about where that comes from, because part of me think, you know, the whole nature nurture thing comes into this. I've, I have a special set of skills and it's kind of almost like Liam Neeson in Taken. I was going to say that that's exactly what, you, what yeah. I was thinking about. Yeah. I have a set, a special set of skills and I will find you and I will, <laughs> my, my, my special set of skills, which the nature of my life and, and what I've been through from a very young age, I had to be able to be very self-sufficient and resilient in order to deal with what I had to deal with. And I wish I wouldn't have had to deal with some of that stuff, but my life journey, my lived experience is that I do. So when I dig deep, I go back into that well, the well of, and it's, it sounds, it might sound quite sad to say, but the only person that can make this happen or change this is you. No one. For me, that that voice, that strong voice says, Sabrina, no one is going to save you here. No one is coming to your rescue, my love. This is the time that you need to employ that skill set that you've had. You know you have it, but you've got to tap into it now. So you go from a, a level of, oh, come on, you know, come on, you need to push on to like, this is deep inner gut instinct stuff that is years and years and years for me has been years and years and years in the making. And, and for you as well, Rach, like, you know, I think anyone, whatever ethnicity you are that has dealt with situations in their life that have tested them, that have asked that question of them, how, how much do you want this? Whether it is, and I'm not just talking about events, I'm not just talking about races, I'm talking about in your life, how much do you want this? And are you willing to go there to that deep place to find that toolkit that will help you get it? That's where I have to go. That's where I had to go in the spine. And I, I hadn't been there in a race situation. I mean, there was the long stage in the Marathon des Saab, which again, I talk about in the book, that was a hard stage for me. But it was nowhere near as hard as the spine race. Um, so I do think there's an element in this stuff of those people that you hear about, those people's stories that you hear, those people that you hear on podcasts that are able to do that stuff. It's through, it's through a lifetime of practice of doing it. And I'm not saying that it can't be taught because I think there are strategies that you can employ within your training to do those uncomfortable things and to open the gateway to get there, to really dig that deep. So I'm not saying it can't be taught, but I'm, what I'm, I'm saying is that ugh, easier is the wrong word, but to access that because I've had years and years of experience of accessing that deep well, even in the work that we do now with Black Trail Runners on the days that it's hard, 
you know, to be able to access a deep well of like my primary purpose is this. So I'll take the BS. I'll take that because ultimately the bigger picture is this for black trail runners. And for me in the spine, the bigger picture was that I have to, I want to, I need to complete this. Sorry, that was a really long-winded... No, we love that. We love we love long answers because that's the whole point of a podcast. If you just said, yeah, it was fine, I just went for a run, didn't I? Like that, that wouldn't make a particularly interesting... <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to hear that. But I think, yeah, what you said, it really did resonate. And I think it's so true what you're saying about whoever you are, whatever your life is, you will have come across some kind of adversity. Absolutely. During your life that you've had to overcome. And again, not talking about running. I'm talking, you know, it could be, you know, family relationships, relationships with a partner, society at large, whatever that may be, or whatever those instances may be for you. It It, it is helpful to be able to tap into that when you're, doing something hard like mm. your first 5k or like your first marathon or whatever that whatever it is being able to kind of realize that those are actually transferable skills yeah what got you through whatever it was in your past whether you were bullied at school wh- wh- whatever it is that is going to help get you through whatever this is that you're that you're challenging yourself to do now um it's like building kind of building those little um, little steps towards where you need to go yeah and um, that's that's kind of how I like to think about it like it's you know this is this is the step that I that I that, that got me through x when I was a child and that takes you one step further towards where you want to go mm. um and I think that I think yeah any any kind of adversity that you've been through and it doesn't have to be I think also there's that thing of we feel like it has to be something really dramatic. And it, and really it doesn't. doesn't. It no. doesn't. It doesn't. But to get through that thing, that thing, and we've, we've all got them, that diff, whether it's a, a, a separation of a relationship, whether it's a child that's been ill, whether it's you that's been ill, whether it's a family member who you held so dear that died and you were in that grief and pain and you never thought you'd come out of it. And, but you did, but you still grieve, you know, grief is an ongoing pro- process, but but we find those things that help us to navigate through those. And that's those are the tools that we're talking about. So, so for me, part of the strategy that I've employed in my life is like, like find your why. Like, what's your why? And in the spine, towards like 100, you know, when I hit 200 miles, And it was, I just, I knew, I knew that I had, I was going to keep going. I knew that every single step was a step closer to home. But I also knew that I needed, I hadn't been looking at my phone throughout the whole time. I hadn't been looking at WhatsApp or anything like that. And I told everyone that I wasn't. Is there an ice cream van outside? (laughs) (laughs) I'm so sorry, everybody. Yes, it's a hot day. And there is an ice cream truck that kind of circulates around the neighborhood. And I apologize if this has given anyone a desire for a Cornetto. I Other ice creams I are that. available. Other ice creams are available. But 
So part of my, you know, I hadn't been, I hadn't been, I wanted to be totally in the zone. I hadn't been looking at WhatsApp. I hadn't been looking at any messages. I knew that they were coming in. I knew that the Black Trail Runners community and my friends and family were tracking the door. And I knew all that, but I was like, no, I need to be in the zone. But then I got to a point, I was like, I need someone. I need something. And a friend, a Black Trail Runners ally um, had sent me a voice note every day she'd just been sending voice notes and she knew that I wasn't reading them, but she was like, I'm sending them anyway in case you, in case you might need them. And I listened to one and it just, it, it gave me, she was like, everyone is watching you. Everyone's behind you. Everyone like you are just, and it's just, and I responded and I was crying and I sent a voicemail and I was just like, I'm just, you know, I'm broken. You know, that was the word I was just, I'm broken. And, and then within the space of five minutes, I received another voice note from another a member, a, a, a woman, a female member of the Black Trail Runners community. And she's a historian. She'll know who she is if she's listening to this. She's a historian. And, and she just, this woman is just like with the, she's got the books. She's got the, she's just, she's very, very intelligent. And she read a passage to me from one of her books and it was about every step I took, you know, I had to imagine my ancestors, you know, my ancestors there with me on my shoulder, you know, just all of us like walking forward and how the work that we were doing in this, this, this run, you know, this, this, this race, this kind of almost moving act of protest, you know, that we're here and, and, and it was just... Oh my gosh, I just oh, got goosebumps. I literally it just was, got goosebumps. I swear, like, you got goosebumps. I was standing in the middle of this moor and I was like, that's what I needed. I needed. And that is like knowing, knowing what those little tools, those things that you need, you know, even if you're a, you know, you're a lone wolf in these things. And, and a lot of the times, you know, when I'm going in the zone, I am, I'm like, you know, it's me, it's up to me. It's, but I knew that I needed something more. And I knew that I needed that, that friendship and allyship and the sense of community and someone else to remind me. And I got that, I got that from two people within our community in the space of five minutes. And that was that, that just, it, it kept me going, you know, and I think that you see a lot of, um, you see a lot of these, a lot of runners that when they're asked, you know, you see them crossing the London marathon finish line or start in London marathon, or they'll be interviewed, you know, an athlete at the Commonwealth games that's on now, you know, what, what kept you going on when, you know, you look like you were in pain or, you know, that, athlete was on your shoulder and you and often you they don't refer to oh well it was the years and years of training it was it's often something more primal than that it's something more emotional than that it's often friends family or like future you yeah. know and that's actually what Damien Hall who's my ultra my trail coach when he um did one of his FKTs he had FFF written on his arm and he didn't tell anyone what it meant until he finished. And it was friends, family, future, you know? So it's these little things that even those elites, they're like, what do I need when things are getting tough? Another tool is write it on yourself. Yeah. A little mantra, a whatever, little whatever mantra. it might be. Yeah. That's it. You know, a little mantra just to, just to remind you when, when you are in that place of, 
I don't know if I can carry on. I don't know why I'm doing this. Something that takes it out of like you having to even remember it. Something that's stamped on you is another tool that I've used. And I know that a lot of people use. But what about you, Rach? So you you run, you, you know, you're an amazing runner. You know, you you, Average. you, you Average. win races, you train, you know, you, you, you put the work in. I want to know when you are in a position that you're doing really well at a race that you do. Yeah. Okay. What keeps you being able to dig so deep to maintain a pace that must feel incredibly hard in your, in that, you know, relative to what you're doing? What, what do you have those thoughts? Like I've gone too fast. There's the ice cream van again. I might need to stop. No, it's all right. It's good. This is good. This is this is great podcast stuff. I'll have a cornetto. I know everyone's everyone's reaching for the for the Solero. (laughs) But what keeps what because you've got to surely you've got to be having those thoughts as well. Like, tell me, tell me about that. Yeah, I mean, I really, I really do. It's, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm. I, I want to preface this by saying I'm very much an average runner <laughs> and I try not to think actually too much about places or times when I go into races now. I used to put a, a, a lot of pressure on myself um, to, you know, podium or to do a certain run in a certain time. Um and it used to really play on my mind and it, I would just freak myself out. And all that would do would, was mean that I wouldn't enjoy the race because I would be panicked about, oh my gosh, I need to be running this pace or I need to be, you know, in and out of this checkpoint super quick or, oh, my stomach's gone a bit funny. I don't have time to stop and use the portaloo. Um, real talk. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, it took a really long time for me to learn that first lesson that I, I I shared earlier that actually, you know, I'm not running for Great Britain. There's no, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not a sponsored athlete. I'm not, I'm running because I enjoy it and I'm running for me. And so actually kind of not ascribing as much meaning to what I do, whether it's races or training runs has really helped me. It's really kind of set me free a little bit to just enjoy it and try as it sounds and it does sound like a real cliche I know but in the last few years the best experiences that I've had when I'm racing is when I've been enjoying it Mm. and when I'm you know yes there are hard moments but it, it, it it's it's starting races that I'm actually excited about instead yeah. of and again kind of what we were talking about before instead of just having that cycle of, of you know I've, I've got a race every two months or every three months and I go from one to the next to the next rather than doing that just because it felt like that was what was expected within the, the community especially when especially within kind of the ultra community there's this expectation that you race a lot um, or at least it felt that way to me and again this is probably just me projecting my own my own thoughts and feelings about it but um once I kind of let go of that and then only signed up to things that I was actually interested in and cared about and thought oh mm. I'd love to run there just to 
see, I've never run there before. That's really exciting. Or if we were going on holiday, um, building that around a race, maybe, because yeah. when else would I ever get to, you know, run somewhere like that? I felt that way about, um, I'd run a 100k in around Lake Tahoe. And I was there because I'd seen pictures and I thought, oh my gosh, I need to, I need to go there. And I need to see this. And I, the only way to do it is, you know, to, to run on the trails. So, um, I don't feel like I've actually, I, I feel like I've done a politician thing and I've asked, I've answered the question that I wish you'd asked me and I've not actually answered the question <laughs> that you asked, which is what happens when it gets hard. Um, what happens when it gets hard? So there are two things that I would say. Um, one of which is, it's something that I don't do as much anymore, but it's something that I found really helpful um, before. This is such a nerdy thing, but I'm gonna I'm gonna out myself. Do it. Do it. Out myself. We're amongst friends. Um, I created a an alter ego for myself. Oh my gosh! So, I mean, the the good thing about I mean, this is actually pretty topical because we are recording this on the day that Beyonce has dropped her new album. So, in the same way that Beyonce has Sasha Fierce, yeah, I had my alter ego, and. I created this whole persona. So, I, you know, she, the way she looked, like her, you know, what she would wear, um, what her, you know, what her vibe was, what her background was. Like, she, this, she's a whole other person who is not Rachel Dench. But she is someone that I would channel during my races. So when things got hard, I would become that alter ego. Wow. I know this sounds completely crazy, doesn't it? No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I can't believe that I Um, haven't ever developed an alter ego. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's great because, you know, your alter ego can be anyone. It it doesn't have to even be a person, really. You you know, whatever speaks to you, it could be an animal or it could be, you know, whatever. If you see yourself as, you know, you know, a lion or, you know, mine mine was a person. Mine was a a superhero that I created because I'm obsessed with superheroes. Um, And... I would dress like her. So she would wear all black. And so I, if you look at any like old race photos, I'm always all in black. Yeah. Um, Because that was my, that was, that was her uniform. So um, I used to find that really helpful that when it was hard, I would, I would, I would become my superhero alter ego. And then it would be her. It wouldn't be me that was doing the hard thing. Um, What's number two? That's great. (laughs) So there you go. Create your own, create your own Sasha Fierce, whoever he or she or they may be. Um, The other thing is, and it it sounds really, um, I mean, it sounds really basic, but music for me is really, really important. When you were talking about kind of um, digging deep or when you were talking about specifically the voice notes that you were getting most of the time when I'm on a training run or which can sometimes feel as hard as a race or, you know, racing, you know, I'm not getting voice notes or I'm not getting WhatsApp messages or whatever. And I'm, 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 I'm not really checking my phone in that way, but I use music in the same way. So I have, I have a playlist of kind of my general run songs. And then I have another playlist, which is kind of my, (laughs) I'm going to swear here. It's like when shit hits the fan, like when shit gets real, that's the playlist that I go to. And it's, 
a power playlist. It's some of my favorite songs, but ones that I actually only listen to in that situation. So, and again, this, you're, gonna, you're getting into a little window into my crazy little mind here, everybody. So welcome, welcome. Welcome. <laughs> but it's, um, I try and save them. I save those songs so that they have their power when I need them. So I don't listen to them usually on a, you know, on a normal Tuesday. They're, those are my kind of race songs. And honestly, they never, they've never failed me. I, people's relationship with music is different, but I have a, I, in my, in my world, there is always something, be it a podcast or music, there is always something in my ears. Um, and I find that really, really powerful. Wow. Like, I don't even know how to come back from those two because they are, I mean, the, the, the alter ego I just think, wow, like I never, ever thought of creating an alter ego for when, for when I need her or it or they or whatever it is. Great idea. Great. I mean, it worked for you. If it works for Rachel Dench, then why not? (laughs) Music, I mean, totally on board. And actually, um, and I will share the link to it in the show notes. Again, what I did, um, Actually, when I did Isle of Wight Ultra this year, which I won, which is the only race I've ever won, and um, humble brag, humble and brag, humble, humble brag. But, <laughs> but 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 part of that, I think that that doing so well in that race was, I had reached out to my Instagram community and I had said, look, I want to create a playlist and I want, I just want some new suggestions. I want, you know, what would you want to hear if you're kind of, you know, in it and you're, you know, and that created this playlist and it was just some of the songs on there were just songs that I hadn't heard for years or songs that I was just like, why haven't I ever heard this song? The power of music to move you forward. The power of music to lift you is just, there's nothing like it. There is nothing like it. Um, and it did, it did the job for me. So I will share the link to that. It's an open playlist on Spotify. So I'll share the link to that in it. But I love the fact that you've got this, you know, when the shit gets real playlist that you, you save the power for until you need it. You know, you save that energy for when you really need it rather than listening to it all the time, you know, cause words are power. Music is power, you know, when, wow. Yeah. As, as you said, yeah, words, yeah, words are hundred percent powerful. Um, speaking of words, and you mentioned this earlier when you were talking about, um, Demo, Damo. I've never actually met him, but I still call him. Oh Damien. yeah, everyone Damien, calls Damien him Hall, Damien Hall, um, having FFF on his um, on his forum. I probably have FFS if it was me. But um, what would that stand for then? I've sworn, I've sworn already, so I guess I can. <laughs> or, or for bleeps' sake, oh, yeah. would be. <laughs> um, so speaking of, do you have any mantras? Do you have mantras that you use? Have you used mantras in the past? Um, I've used mantras in the past. Um, when I, uh, yeah, when I, uh, a, a big mantra that I used for years and years and years was like the, the, um, the pain is temporary. The beauty remains, the pain is oh, temporary. Like the beauty remains, the pain is temporary. The beauty remains because it is, it is temporary, you know, unless, you know, unless you get injured while you're doing these things, but even going back to the spine, cause it's my most recent race and it's, it's the one that's the freshest, you know, I knew I was in pain and I knew that my feet were really, really giving me a lot of, a lot of, uh, 
a lot of hassle and a lot of upset times. But I also knew that the moment that I put my feet up at a checkpoint, that there would be temporary relief. And I kind of hoped and knew that as soon as I had finished the race, they wouldn't hurt as much. The pain is temporary, but the beauty of finishing what I had set out to do of completing it would always remain. And it will always remain. It will always be there. I did that. I did a hard thing. Um, when I was in the desert, um, when I was at MDS, our bivouac, our tent, my gang, Desert Feral was our, our kind of, our rallying call. Um, but a few of us wrote on our, um, and I'm going to swear because we've been swearing here, but wrote on our <laughs> arms, just don't be shit. <laughs> that, and to be fair, that is your advice usually. Whenever yeah. any of us are doing a race, you know, that's that's generally the advice like, that you send. You no, know, and and it's a bit it's a bit humorous. <laughs> and shit is whatever you think it to be, but um, but it was don't be shit. And and for us, don't be shit was like let's just complete this thing. Like you know, don't you know, or don't be shit in terms of don't be shit and drink your water. You know, don't be shit. Take your salt tablets. Just don't don't do those things that can contribute to being shit. But but that was, yeah. So, and there are various things I think kind of, you know, it very much changes. Um, When I was doing the spine, you know, another, another thing that I was thinking is, you know, that, that whole, we can do hard things. We can do hard things. I can do hard things. I can, and I, that kind of, there's something in the process of the, for me, of the repeating of that. And, and it almost, you know, the, that kind of space that you can get into with any form of repeating, any form of mantra, any, any, you know, if you're into medica- meditation, spirit, spirituality, the constant repeating of something and really ensuring it kind of is filtering through the essence of kind of who you are and, 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 and where you want to go. I think I believe in all of that. I believe that speak it, you know, speak it with intent and it will come to you you know, so me telling myself, I can do hard things. I can do hard things. I can do hard things. You're doing, you know, you are doing, you are doing something that so many people, you know, and I, again, I take this back to 5k. There are people, and again, it's another mental strategy. You know, I have friends who cannot run. They cannot run because they are diagnosed with cancer, terminal cancer. They cannot run because their body is starting to break down, you know, we are privileged to be able to do this. And that's another mental thing for me, you know, yeah, 268 miles is a long way, but so is 5k for those people that cannot run. So yeah, it's something that um, my coach, David Roach says, um, he, he sends out an email before, before you race and he calls it the race day celebration. Yeah. And I think, I think kind of gauging it that way is really helpful to think of all the training that you've done, the hard work, is leading to this point of celebration, which is the race or whatever it is. If, if you're training for a 5K, be it a 5K around your block, not even, you know, an established event. I think it's that thing of treating it as, as the celebration that it is. It's the celebration of all your hard work. Um, and I think also it, it's important to highlight that all of these tools and kind of tips and tactics that we've been talking through are really helpful however they don't erase the pain Mm. of whatever it is that you're doing they don't erase the hardness of it Mm. and I think having that at the forefront of your mind when you start 
expecting things to be hard, expecting there to be things maybe that you haven't prepared for, expecting, you know, the legs to start burning or your breathing to start getting a bit heavier or, you know, the sweat to be breaking out on your back or whatever it may be, expect that things are going to get hard because they will inevitably. And if you go into it thinking, oh, this is just going to be a breeze or I've got my little mental toolkit, so I'm all good. It is, it's never that simple because life isn't that simple, right? So I think going in with an awareness that things are going to get hard is really helpful. And just managing your own expectations, I think, is really important. Oh, I love that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, there's not a lot I can add to that other than yeah, manage your expectations. You know, hopefully what you're doing excites you. But with that excitement, alongside partnered with that, is that you are going to have these moments. And the strategy that you can start working on in training is when I come to those moments, how am I going to react? And you can practice that stuff in training. And I think that's where I'd like to leave my final tip, really, is the process of training is there not just to run, it's everything. And it includes that mental resilient stuff. The process of training is that you're putting yourself in a situation in training, as you alluded to a moment ago, sometimes training is harder than the race itself, because that's what you're doing, the the process of progression and adaptation. And it's not just the running. It's how can I, when I'm feeling uncomfortable in training, what am I going to employ then to get me through it? Because I'm going to need that when I'm doing this event at the end of it. And that is, you know, that being comfortable in uncomfortable situations is the process of training. So you don't need to be worried and think, oh my God, but what if I come across this in the race? You know, within your training, whether it's the terrain you're running on, whether it's the conditions you're running in, you know, part of what I do, and I think that I certainly ask the athletes that I coach to do, is make it as specific as possible to the conditions, the weather, the food, everything about your training, certainly as it comes closer to the race, how close it is depends on what your coaching strategy is. But put yourself in a situation that is really similar to how you're going to be in the race and practice in the training how you deal with that. It's never too, it's never too early from in my, in my book. I completely, yeah, I completely agree with you. There's, I think that's one of the things, yeah, that I wish that I'd known before that the race or the challenge or whatever it is, that's not the moment to start rifling through, you know, your filing cabinet of tips and tactics. You want to be really cementing those throughout your training because, you know, there's a phrase, I'm sure I'm going to get the percentage wrong, that's like running is 80% mental and the rest of it's in your head or something like that. Yeah, it's something like that, but you're absolutely right. If you look it up on Google, you'll find the, the quote with the proper <laughs> The actual quote. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the training, the training, yes, you're training your legs, you're training your lungs, you're training your energy systems, but you're training your brain as well. And 
you know, if your brain says stop, generally you're going to stop. But if your brain says you've got this, the legs are going to listen and you're going to keep pushing forward. Yeah. Yeah. What a great place to end when the brain says stop. (laughs) Keep going. (laughs) So if you're on a run, if you're on a run, this is your, this is your, this is your message to keep going that you've got this. You've got this. You've got this person. You know, you can do hard things. You can do it. We believe in you. We are with you. We are on your shoulder and we are whispering in your ear. You are the storm. Don't be shit. Don't be shit. You can do hard things. Thank you for joining us at The Checkpoint. If you've enjoyed this conversation, please subscribe and share online. Also, please remember to leave your review on the podcast platform that you selected as it really helps our podcast to grow. Your support helps make this podcast possible. Remember, if you have any questions, get in touch with us via our Instagram page at Black Trail Runners. Or if you want to join our community, please search Facebook for Black Trail Runners and connect with us.